Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Erin, and we are really excited to have Claire here with us. Claire hosts the Me and My Racket podcast on behalf of USTA Southern. She is the tennis service representative for North Georgia and Atlanta. She played college tennis at the University of Florida, where her team won the NCAA championship. Also, she and her mother won the 2003 USTA National Mother-Daughter Championship. So, Erin, she is better than we'll ever be. (laughs) But can you start us off and tell us a little bit about your tennis background? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thanks so much for the introduction and having me on the show first. Um, But yeah, so I've I've grown up playing tennis. Um, Both my parents were teaching pros and my grandfather was. So they gave me plenty of options, but I was always at the courts. So definitely um, fell into it. And then I played all through high school for my school, um, GPS and Chattanooga. It's an all-girls school. And then I went to University of Virginia my first year and played tennis there and then transferred to Florida and played the next uh, three years there. So that was really fun. And then I played some pro tournaments, too, as well. And then I I got hurt. So I got like a hip injury. Um, At the time, I thought it was my abs, but it was my hip. So let's see, I'm 32 now. That was when I was 20. So since then, I've had four hip surgeries and a shoulder and (laughs) a few other things. So um, I'm just now getting into playing after about 10, 12 years. So it's been a long road, but like playing tennis and like, you know, being in the sport, meeting people, as you all know, like the relationships are just amazing. And like the places you get to go, it's it's just like, I can't imagine my life without tennis. And I'm so thankful, like, even though, like my job's in tennis, so I'm still around tennis. And even though I haven't been able to play for a very long time, I've got this whole new perspective coming back to the sport, like having missed it for so long. So like, I'm so re-energized and I, I want to connect people with the sport. So this was not the next question, but I'm going to jump in anyway, because of something you said. Did you jump in playing leagues or do you just do tournaments or what do you do? And the second half is, what do you, what do you rate yourself when you come back in from that level? Um, Yeah. So right now I'm just hitting with my mom who still teaches. Um, So we hit like twice a week and it's very, I'm still at like 30, 40%. Like I'm not moving that much um, because my last hip surgery was in February. But I'm, I'm able to play and like not have pain after, which is so nice. So I'm just going to the earlier stages of training right now. And I'm, I'm more in the gym, honestly, than in the court. And then, gosh, how I would rate myself right now. Like, it's different because if you hit the ball right to me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, right? But, like, if you hit away from me, like, great shot. So I'd probably be, like, a 5-0 right now at the moment. Oh, only a 5-0. Yeah, yeah. Only a 5 not what I, I was like, if you say 4-0, I'm going <laughs> to say no. You are not allowed to be a 4-0. <laughs> so my real next question was, can you tell us what um, – I? Carolyn laughs at me. There's a lot of acronyms in USTA, which USTA is also an acronym. But <laughs> So I know you're a TSR, your t- tennis service rep. Can you explain what that means? Yes, yes. So um, tennis service rep, we are consultants, and there's one of us in every state in the United States. There's sometimes more. um, There's like three of us in Georgia because Atlanta is so big. But basically, so we're in a consulting role where we go and talk to clubs, parks and recs, schools, just CTAs, like anybody interested in tennis and that wants to get connected, like we'll talk to parents and players as well. But our big mission is to try to help them grow their business and like get on their priorities and, um, and, and just connect them with the sport. So we wear a lot of different hats. I go and talk to people a lot about grants and resources we, you know, offer there. Um, cause you know, even though information's on the website, you don't always know about it. And then we talk to new directors about like running tournaments and USTA leagues and like coordinate all that. Um, and we also connect people with the district offices. So like 
I work for USDA Southern, which is in Peachtree Corners, but we connect and work um, really closely with the USDA Georgia. They have designated staff um, for schools and adult leagues as well. So we, we try to connect everybody and uh, make sure it's a cohesive unit. So <laughs> that makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. And that sounds like a cool job too. Right. It's, exactly. It's really cool. You get to meet a, a lot of people and it's, it's very fun. <laughs> So you also have the Me and My Racket podcast. Can you tell us what you've learned from doing a podcast? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just the um, amazing things people do in tennis that's, like, not on TV, right? Like, we, we're all bombarded with pro tennis, which is awesome. Like, everybody needs to see that. But um, just the things people are doing in their community and, like, literally starting from nothing and grassroots and, like, building city tennis associations up and, and building, like, tournaments and and gatherings and doing so much for their communities like it's just it's astounding like every time I talk to people I'm just like blown away and and a lot of these people like it's their third or fourth job right um but but it's it's really special to learn what everybody does yeah that's kind of like us we said um people don't believe it but every person has a tennis story yes it may not even be specifically about tennis but if you walk on a court like every person on the court has something going on in their lives that's interesting and you know or has some sort of connection to tennis or not, but it's, we truly believe every person has some story that we try to bring out. So it sounds like you do a lot of that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's why I asked some open-ended questions because I want to know like where they started, like what court they started on and who introduced them, you know, and then I'm um, taking them through their whole career. Cause some people don't get it, it till later in life, like twenties and thirties. And some people are introduced at a very young age. So it's very interesting, just the spectrum of people. So I started at 40. <laughs> She did. She said 20s and 30s or 40. And the, the woman we just talked to yesterday also started at 40. And we interviewed someone that started at 56. 56. Wow, that's yes. awesome. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah, because she, she wanted to play with her daughter. Oh, so mm-hmm. her daughter was like a high-level junior player, and she yeah. just wanted to be able to hit the ball with her. And so. now and now all of her best friends are her 2-5. And pr- she's probably bumped up by now. That was a couple years ago. So, yeah, all her good friends now are her tennis buddies. So it's, yeah, 56 she started. So can you tell us, I know this is a tough question, but um, can you tell us the best advice you've ever been given? Gosh, let's see. So I was thinking, it. I'm not sure if it would make sense to anybody else, but my mom has always told me like it's a mental battle before I go out on the court or before I'm going for a presentation or anything, like you can relate it to anything. And it's, you know, when you start getting in your head, like it really is all about like your perspective and how you're approaching a situation. And what you do in the moments that are really tough and how you react. And so like just that little bit of advice has always like carried me through um, just really high pressure situations, tough situations and good situations. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Can you also tell us your most memorable moment on the court? Oh, I have two that are tied. Um, So we, in high school, we had won our third state championship and it was just like this moment where everybody came together because like, the lights had gone, we were playing really late at night and the lights had gone out. So we had this huge break of momentum and then we like got back and it was very close. And anyway, so we won that and it was just like a huge thing. Um, and then the other one that's tied is winning mother daughter with my mom like that, like to be able to do that, um, is, is just such a fun thing that we always look back on and and we're hoping, um, if I can get healthy, we can do it again. We can go play another tournament. So (laughs) I have a feeling they do with very well together. Yes. So, what does your mom play leagues or does she just do teaching pros and tournaments and Yeah, so she plays so she's from Great Britain. 
so she came over here to play tennis at University of Tennessee Chattanooga. And then um, she was playing tournaments for a while, but now she plays for the ITF Senior Tour. So she plays for Great Britain, like against the U.S. and, you know, like all the other countries. So they they have a good old time. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. You're definitely winning the USTA mother-daughter then. There's not even – we shouldn't even try, Erin. It's not going to work out for us. Exactly. It's not going to work for us. Yeah, no, she, she just loves – she plays a lot of tournaments in Great Britain because she has to qualify each year, you know, just like you would in the United States. So did you feel pressure then to be a really good tennis player since you have that in your background? I mean, you know, it's weird. Like, yes, they wanted me to play, but like I said, they let me try a little bit of everything. So I was into dance and theater, which I still love to this day. Um, But then like I tried soccer and I I tried basketball, you know, but I'm a bit biased. But I think they did a good job of being like, hey, here's the platter of things you can do. I chose tennis and, and it was a family thing too. Like if I was playing tennis, I was around my family and it was fun and so, yeah, I felt like it was my decision, you know. And did you mostly play singles or doubles? I played singles mostly. In college and then? Oh, oh, in college. Okay. Yeah, like in college we played doubles and singles. Um, but singles mostly growing up through juniors. But I love how now they have more events, like with mixing the guys and the girls and playing more like mixed doubles and doubles and like team events. That's really fun because it's, it's just a whole other game. And it's like, Singles is a lot of pressure, you know, and so it's always nice to have somebody else out there like as your teammate. So I I like them both in different ways. I think that's what's so great about USTA leagues. I mean, Carol and I talk a lot about leagues because we mm. that's what we mostly play. In this area, there's just so many tennis players that like we've talked to people from all over the country and they're like, we don't really play as much USTA leagues because, but we have such a huge community. But for us, it's like we're now back into a competitive sport as you know, we're both moms, like, you know, there's just not a lot of sports that you can say, like, I went out and competed today, you know, yeah. there's things you can do for fun. But I think that's what's so great. So um, yeah, we do a lot of leagues here. And we talk to a lot of people about leagues. So I always like to know if you're doing doubles or singles or, you know, because it yeah. gives you that team atmosphere again. And like what you had in college, just at a different level. <laughs> I say that kind of funny because, you know, it's like a much winning. lower level for right. us. It's a much lower yes. level for yeah. us. Winning the NCAA or it's those same feelings. Though, playing you, know, a you get into a situation yes. like a tiebreaker and stuff. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you're in a public park or like in, in the finals of a tournament, it still is like so meaningful. So it, it, like you said, it's very cool to be able to recreate that, like just on a weekday or whenever. Thanks very much to Claire for being on the podcast. We have one more episode with Claire where she discusses a crazy situation that happened to her on the court, and I'm pretty sure she wins the award for craziest situation ever. We hope you check out our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. You can search the episodes for any topic you're interested in. Also, stay tuned for the tip of the week with Michelle from Tennis Warehouse. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon. Hey guys, it's Michelle with Tennis Warehouse, and here's your tip of the week. But first, make sure you use the discount code SECONDSERVE for $20 off clearance items when you spend $100 or more at TennisWarehouse.com. Let's answer that question, is a heavy racket better? I love this question because I play with the heaviest racket on the market, so I'm quick to say yes. However, it's to a certain extent. We do say the general rule is to play with the heaviest racket that you feel comfortable swinging for an entire match. So it's good to establish sound technique before you increase the weight of your rackets. Heavy rackets will provide you with power, comfort, stability, 
but will be harder with spin and angles. So if you are interested in playing with a heavier racket, we recommend slowly graduating in weight. Don't make a big jump. That's your T-Dub tip of the week. For more tips, visit us at tenniswarehouse.com. 